Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Troubling Issues, the podcast where we talk about comics, but it's not just for comic book fans. And this episode, we'll be looking at Marvel Premiere number 60 from June 1981, featuring appropriately enough a story about a time traveller known as Doctor Who. Just a word of warning, this comic is fairly hard to get a hold of these days and not available digitally, so if you want to read along, you may have to do some searching on Amazon. But without any further ado, here's the show. Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues, a podcast about comics. That's for everyone, not just comic people. Every fortnight, we do a deep dive on a single issue of a comic book. Now, this comic may be very good, it may be absolutely terrible, or it may be utterly crazy, but it's always notable. I'm Brad Daniels, comic writer, artist, and fan, your host. And this week's guest is the inimitable Adam O'Sullivan, Hello, Adam. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Brad. It's a pleasure to be uh, be on your podcast. It's a pleasure. Well, I the least I could do, seeing how you had me on yours a couple of times. <laughs> oh, I see. This, like a... You don't want me on your podcast. This is just payback. <laughs> no, no, I definitely want you on your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank because, you very much. Uh, because your podcast is all about Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and this comic that we're looking at also happens to be about Doctor Who. <laughs> Now, before we get into that, uh, tell us about yourself there, Adam. Give us a little background. Uh, I am a, a stand-up comedian and improviser uh, from Brisbane. Uh, we met through Big Fork Theatre, obviously. And, uh, and yeah, I, I host the Doctor Who podcast D4WH uh, with uh, fellow comedian Nakia Schutt. And uh, every fortnight we discuss uh, Doctor Who. We get very nerdy about Doctor Who. We haven't done comics yet. Uh, that is probably the thing that most people request, uh, mainly from my, my friends who are into comic books. Um, but if, if we ever did, uh, we would have to do multiple episodes on the comic books because I have, I have multiple guests, including yourself, uh, lined up ready for that. So, Okay, why don't we just do a big like comic roundtable and have 50 people <laughs> on the podcast? Talk about oh, I'm sure that would be great to edit, you know. <laughs> it's almost necessary for Doctor Who comics because yeah. there are so many of them. It's just oh. like... And I, I love that you've picked one from the Marvel era. Like most people don't realize that uh, the Doctor is actually a Marvel. Uh, certain iterations of the Doctor are essentially a Marvel character. And, oh yes. And and the the Doctor Who universe has been given a designation in the the Marvel universe. I I can't remember which which one, uh, what number of the universe well, is, but funny you should say that. Are oh, you, you are prepared. To Earth. 
five 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 six. <laughs> that Is sounds that the right. one you're talking yep. about? Yep. Oh, the things you see on the internet, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I only I know some, that because... I was doing some research yeah. yesterday and I found out there's a character called Death's Head. And, uh, he, oh, yes. Yeah, he uh, started off in the Transformers comics, went into the Doctor <laughs> Who comics, and then it finally ended up in Fantastic Four, uh, Thor sort of comics. So, yeah, so th those are all connected. Yeah, that's like, oh, it's, it's like that uh, St. Elsewhere theory of television where yes. everything is, a, is in a little boy's imagination. It's crazy stuff. These comic uh, books could all be in uh, Tom Baker's head. Oh, my God. That means we're in Tom Baker's head. Oh, yes, I don't want to be there. Yes, please. <laughs> oh, no. You and I have completely <laughs> opposite reactions to that one. Okay, Adam. Now, what's your relationship with comic books? Ah, now I got into comic books very late. Uh, I was I was a huge reader uh, when I was a kid, but I only read novels and books and stuff. Uh, I I was one of the people who grew up thinking, oh, comics they're for kids. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but I did I did read some comics when my brother got uh, comics. Uh, we didn't we didn't we usually got secondhand comics and we usually got like single issues. So, uh, yeah. read one part of a story and then never find out how it ended. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but we we were oh. more we were more into the cartoon. So I watched the X Men cartoon for a while, um, mm. and and I watched Darkwing Duck without realizing it was a parody of Batman. Oh, right. So when I grew oh, up and, and finally got into Batman, I realized like, oh, I get it now, right? Yeah, that's like the generational differences come in here because I was I'm the opposite of you. I was always into comics, but. Mm. When those cartoons came on, I was like, oh, I'm too old for that stuff. <laughs> I see, right. Well, I had the same with Pokemon. When Pokemon came out, I, I was like, oh, I'm too old for that. Pokemon people, we're already on the Pokemon. <laughs> it always ends up with Pokemon. Uh, so it took, me, it took me a few years to get into anime before I realized, like, oh, you can have fucked up anime. Oh, can we swear on this podcast? Uh, yes, you can. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, like, sometimes it's necessary. That's all i got to say. Mm. But uh, I think this might be the first Doctor Who comic. I think I've read a couple here and there, but it's, it's definitely one of the first Doctor Who comics I can remember reading. Okay, so, well... Let's talk a little bit about the comic, which is Marvel Premiere number 60. Now, mm. Marvel, Marvel Premiere was like a showcase series uh, that Marvel put out, and it had a lot of different, like, every few issues there was a different character, you know. It would be like, uh, I, I'm not sure, like, uh, Dominic Fortune, which is like a, a pulp action hero, and the, the uh the issue after this is Star-Lord, who is now very well known, thanks to the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't know if that was the actual Star-Lord or if it was like a Doctor Who character with the same name. <laughs> no, no, they only did about uh, four issues of Doctor Who. In oh, okay. Marvel premiere was like, a, uh, they had a rotating lead. So, mm. And the tragedy for me was... Uh, you know, they never, they never brought Doctor Who back. It only went to issue number sixty-two, and then they stopped publishing Marvel, oh, Marvel okay. Premiere entirely. Because because this comic was originally from the Doctor Who magazine, which which was originally published by Marvel. Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, this the Marvel Premiere came out in June 19, 1981, mm. and I was eleven, and this was the first time I saw Doctor Who in comic book form, and it blew my mind, <laughs> which we will get into 
And you, you, you were already into Doctor Who by then, is that correct? Uh, I don't think I was. I would have been 11, and I probably was not allowed to watch Doctor Who because ah. uh, my religious family was like, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> this is too much for your tiny little brain. And then I see this comic book, and it is, like, so much worse than anything you'd see in a, in a TV show. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you got me on this podcast, because I got into comic books late, and I also got into Doctor Who late. Like, I, I, I am, on, on, our, on D4WH, I am the new Who uh, person. Nakia has uh, yeah. been watching Doctor Who since she was a kid, so she would know way more about Tom Baker than, than I would. Uh, but I, I've watched a couple of his episodes for the podcast. But, yeah, I was, I was not into Doctor Who when I was a kid. Doctor Who, the, the Doctor Who music meant that my dad wanted the TV because it was 6 o'clock <laughs> and it was, it was time for him to watch the news. So uh, I hear you. So he was, he was watching the 9 News or something like that. Yeah, so he would get, get, get home from work, have a nap for half an hour, watch the news, and then... Uh, and then watch uh, Home and Away. Oh, man. Sound... We're living in a utopia here, folks. We are. <laughs> Imagine you can do that. Okay, so <laughs> it was originally, it's a reprint of uh, a comic from Doctor Who Weekly, number 12, which means it's very early on mm. in the run of Doctor Who Weekly, from uh, January 1980. Uh, it is written by... Now, John Wagner, who is, uh, I don't know, you're not much into comics, but you may have heard of Judge Dredd? I have, yes. Yeah, I, I love the, uh, the Dredd movie that came out recently. Oh, yes. So <laughs> good. Uh, well, he was a, a long-time writer of Judge Dredd. And that makes, uh, and that makes a lot of sense, considering the, the story. Yes, it is. It is a little bit of Mega City 1. Uh, and Pat Mills, who is a... A pioneer in English uh, science fiction comics. He did a lot of writing for 2001 AD. No, 2000 AD. 2001 is a movie. 2000 AD is a comic. Uh, <laughs> most notably, he did Slain the Horn God, which goes in. <laughs> I love, I love uh, the name. Celtic mythology. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so crazy. Uh, I, I can't, and... I can't wait to get into the names of this comic because, oh my God, it's oh. yeah. There's, there's some quality quality work in this comic. Uh, and uh, Nemesis the Warlock, which is a fantastic anti-fascist comic, science fiction comic, which started out <laughs> about racing cars. Oh, right, of course. Well, it was the 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s. Uh, so as, uh, he's also, Pat Mills also did the, uh, the Notorious Martial Law comic book, which is the most, devastatingly cynical takedown of superheroes ever uh if you can imagine judge dread except with a lot more snm in it (laughs) good basically (laughs) you know because judge dread doesn't have enough snm in it oh not nearly enough according to pat mills so these (laughs) these two writers are both heavily into the satirical and uh counterculture and you think, well, who else would you get writing a Doctor Who comic? Yes, of course. Kids love uh, satire. Yeah, they love political satire. They, they love <laughs> just, you know, get taking a good hard look at society and what's wrong with it. And the art is by Dave Gibbons. Mm. Now, do you know that name at all? I, I did look it up, yes. Yeah, so I, I do know now, but I, I didn't know before. 
okay, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> let's, uh, he, let's tease he did, these people no longer. He did the art for Watchmen. That is right. It is uh, his uh, most notable work is Watchmen, but he has done like just piles of other stuff as well. He's mm. a, a legend in the comic field, and he got his start doing Doctor Who comics. Mm. So did Alan Moore, I, I found in my research, yeah. Yes, I know. Wow. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy where everything goes back to Doctor Who here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, like, it's like the law and order for, uh, for young actors. The Doctor Who magazine, uh, comics are like the, the start of all the, uh, the great comic book artists. Yeah, absolutely. Like many notable names, which most of our listeners probably won't know, but I won't go into. <laughs> uh, Grant Morrison and uh, uh, other names. Yeah, instead of other names here, Brad. Okay, but let's get on with talking about this comic book. Well, we're talking about the art. I love, I love the, the cover and the like steampunky, uh, not steampunk, but uh, cyberpunk sort of uh, costume he's gone on with the metal gauntlet that's all hooked up, and he's got the the, the visor and everything. Uh, a yeah. costume that is never explained in the comic whatsoever. Like ever, like the doctor, the doctor wears it briefly, but it's never explained, and it's not like he wears it the entire comic. I think I can fill in the gaps for you there, mate. Uh, the, the Moderators, which I mm. think is a great name in our internet age, is such a great name for a law, <laughs> for a law-keeping force. Uh, they use those, that equipment to teleport around. Oh, so right. he, it's his own like jury-rigged teleporter, which is, leads to a pointless sequence, sequence later in the comic. I, I agree. When I was uh, like an 11-year-old kid and I saw this, this cover, I was like, oh, my God, that's the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, because it, it's on the cover, so you would expect it to be most of the plot, but it isn't. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is literally one of the panels yes. from the comic traced over. <laughs> uh, now, it's done by Earl Norham, and I know nothing of him. He's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no special notes. Yeah, he exists. He, he worked for Mattel <laughs> for a while. There oh, you go. okay. He's obviously a talented artist, but didn't do a lot of comic work. So it's a very striking cover. And yeah, it's sort of, I think he captures the Doctor pretty well. And as far as I know, he didn't do Watchmen, so. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think he did. No. Okay, City of the Cursed, not City of the Damned. Uh, Stanley presents Doctor Who. It's like a nerd uh, junction of realities. And in Grand Doctor Who style, we start on a cliffhanger. So when I was an 11-year-old kid, I never saw the first part of this story. <laughs> uh, right. All I yeah. had was this. Mm. And, that, and that was what uh, it was like when you were a kid, because I we had the same thing. My brother had one or two episodes of uh, uh, issues of a x-men comic but they were from all different parts so you'd be like oh that sounds like an interesting story guess i'll never get to find out how it ends oh yeah that is very much how it was these days of course everything is reprinted yes so there's not a not a single th story that you can't find if you don't want to but in those days it was hit and miss uh i really like that they really sum up what the story is so far very very efficiently uh in the story it's like i never felt like i needed to have the first half of the story because mm. everything was well and truly uh well and truly explained by the context now this is a great opening panel as well um 
a, a wall of horrible looking creatures descending on the doctor, like some caveman type dude up the top. Mm-hmm. Big hate has come, and we were it's a night of the Barabara. Uh, Which my brain kept trying to kept thinking it was Barbara. <laughs> it does get a little Night bit like Night of that. the Barbara. Uh, terrifying. That's for the first Doctor fans out there. Oh, nerd, nerd humor. I love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, we pop onto the second page. The Doctor is being mobbed by these Barabara, the blood bugs. He's saved uh, by a motley are, crew. They are disgusting. These blood bugs. They definitely are. Blood, um, and... Blood is a horrible name, but I don't think I, I'm not entirely sure that Barra Barra is any better. <laughs> <laughs> well, like uh, big shout out to Dave Gibbons and all his design work in this issue, like from the Barra Barra to the moderators to the city to like this uh, Zeppo, which I love. I love that they Zeppo. have a. I love the I love the names. It's from that era of comics where like uh, Doctor Octavius becomes Doctor Octopus. You know, like they they already have the name of their their superhero thing before they become a superhero. Yeah, absolutely. So Zeppo, uh, I believe, named after the Marx brother, uh, <laughs> are a a group of emotion feeling people. A they only do one emotion each. Mm. Uh, yeah. we, we all second... know that um, we all know that emotion big hate right <laughs> yeah absolutely uh yeah i reserve that for special people <laughs> uh on the second page we meet one of my favorites is half daft half daft yeah fantastic you'd have to be english to think that was an emotion and i i i looked i looked up the first issue first uh, issue and there's a character called will to live which to me isn't uh, isn't isn't an emotion, and there's a, another character called uh, uh, Need to Know, which also is not an emotion. Ah, okay. Need, well, I would say curiosity is an emotion, but Need to Know is what someone tells you when you ex- when you show curiosity in something. <laughs> well, are you saying that this comic book is not entirely scientifically accurate? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying they did not consult a, a doctor or a psychologist about. The right types of emotions. They yeah. they didn't look at it improvised. I think it, you'll find it was an emotionologist they were after. Emotionologist, right? Of course. Yeah. Or a, a philo philo philosopher. There you go. <laughs> Boom! Nailed it. Okay. Thanks, thanks, everybody. This podcast is over. Okay. Continuing with the story. Uh, there's a tidal wave of blood bugs hitting the moderators at the bottom of page two. A tide of death. Uh, fantastic, uh, like, very BBC costumes for these moderators. Did you, um, uh, like, when I looked at my research, apparently they pitched it as a TV story. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was rejected. And uh, I assume it's because it would have been too expensive to make. Oh, yeah, there's, like, all sorts of crazy things. There's a, there's a chase scene in here, not to get ahead of ourselves. Yes. Uh, they never have chase scenes in Doctor Who. Well, uh, they have driving around scenes, but Doctor Who chase scenes are a different thing. Like, usually okay. with very slow-moving uh, uh, mining carts. Yes, indeed. Oh, I can barely contain my excitement. <laughs> uh, 
The moderators could feel no emotion, we say we find out on page three. The blood bugs blood bugs strip the flesh off them. Mm, uh, amazing detail. <laughs> I would have I would have loved to have seen the uh the sort of effects they would have tried to do on the TV show to do that. It would have just been a, okay, you sit there and then we're going to superimpose a, a skeleton over you and then you'll be a skeleton. Yeah. It would have been a dissolved fade for sure with <laughs> some uh, some rubber rubber blood bugs being thrown on screen by some oh, stage hands, I'm sure. Like the, uh, like the cyber mats. Oh my god. <laughs> there's, there's definite cyber mat DNA in these blood bugs. Yep. Uh, okay, and then we, we meet a uh, silly is being silly. Silly also not an emotion. <laughs> it's it's what someone is basically. Yeah, uh, and we f- the the mystery is that the blood bugs who bit the doctor die, mm. and no one knows why. Uh, we do a little bit more meet meet a few more identities, a few more personalities, if you will, in uh, Zeppo, including humble who wants doc- the doctor to wipe his feet on him. Uh, we meet ner- Nervous has had a breakdown. The doctor, and I think, once again, very good likeness here mm. by David Gibbons, uh, figures out it's adrenaline which is killing the blood bugs. Uh, and when we have, like, I love, okay, page five now? Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at... Uh, just the skeletons everywhere. This yeah. is like the the collateral damage in this story is very very high. <laughs> so many people die. That might have been. They might have been worried that uh, they would they would get scare little kids with all the skeletons. Yeah. Well, this would have been at the point in history where Mary Whitehouse and her uh, mm. uh, I can't remember the name of the organization, but you know, like people for decency or something like that was really gunning for Doctor Who. So they probably thought it might have been the best thing to politically not to get into that. <laughs> and then we get into like fantastic gigantic machinery, yeah. like uh, the blood bugs getting sucked up and shipped away in giant trains, Doctor being an acti- action hero and throwing a spear at big hate. <laughs> Which is like, I'm going to have Doctor Spear this guy. That'd be crazy. But he just—he he doesn't. He doesn't hurt him. He just spears. He just uh, spears his loincloth to a tree. Yeah, which shows a great deal of spear accuracy. It must be <laughs> said. Uh, the Doctor is, of course, known as the greater motor at this stage. <laughs> well, he He's has come. all the emotions. He does have all the emotions, and it actually. Oh, I, we'll get into it, but there's some very funny, like, little bits in this uh, mm. in this comic. They, like, these guys, the writers, know what they're doing. Um, okay, so action hero, Doctor. Uh, they get into a fight with the with the hate tribe. Uh, Doctor climbs up the top of a some sort of harvester machine. Now, I I, like, I love I love this joke where he's like, uh, "I do apologize." Is that your face? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And he, he clearly just like uh, judging by the panel, he hasn't punched the guy. He's just pushed him out. So he's just giving <laughs> him a face plant. To get out of here, you. Uh, yeah. Uh, into the gigantic harvesting machine, which once again great design. 
Oh, um, beautiful. I, can Spe- I especially this. love the panel where you can see the people beside it and you realize like exactly how big it is. Oh, yeah. The, sca- the scale of this is like, this could never be done in Doctor Who. They could no. never get this. You would have you would have look. horrible like little uh, models or something, and and then you know superimpose people over the top of it. It would be it would be a nightmare to do on a it'd be a nightmare to do on today's budget. Yes, indeed. But uh, that's the good thing about comic books is they have unlimited special effects budgets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so long as the artist can draw it, that's like the thing. And Dave Gibbon shows himself to be quite capable of this. Um, he's, the, the chase scene, they're chasing down the train to try and stop the blood bugs getting to the city of the damned, mm-hmm. which, uh, what was it called again? What's the name of the city of the damned? I will get to it. <laughs> um, it's got a stupid name. That's what I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the eighties. So everything has a stupid name. Yeah. Uh, so they're chasing Zomboss. them down. It's Zomboss. Zomboss. Zomboss on the planet Zom. Oh, right. Full of zombies, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Satire. (laughs) These guys know what they're doing. (laughs) They're not amateurs. Okay, he pulls a bit, the gigantic harvesting machine pulls ahead of the the trains full of death. But a tank appears and blows them off course. Yeah. They, and we they have refer, a, they refer to it as an AMV, as if like I should know what that means, and I have no yeah. it, like armored motorized vehicle. Maybe I don't, I don't know. But they're like, oh, it's an AMV. I'm like, it's a fucking tank. Oh yeah, it's a tank. Yeah, it's a space tank. I think yeah. what they're trying to say. <laughs> uh, and there's a great little back and forth where the Doctor is feeling different emotions, and uh, Zeppo are just like blown away at his emotional capacity. They they are Zeppo are the new Doctor Who fans. They have just realised how good the Doctor is. They're like, oh my god, can we can we watch you on a TV somewhere? <laughs> now he is angry. That makes nine emotions he's had <laughs> since dawn. He truly is the great emotor. Uh, and then he yells at them like, stop gabbing your nonsense and get your heads down. They run into the tank. Uh, then we have full-on war, Adam Zeppo, and next page, page 11, my favourite little, my favourite little bit in the whole comic is, of course, when, uh, the Angry Squad, Angry Brigade shows up. Mm. First there's, uh, can I read this? First there's Very Angry, who comes down with Very Angry, Gertie <laughs> moderators, I'll rip the tonsils out and tie them to their ears. Then oh, I, comes... and I, I love I love a good uh, sci-fi story that makes up their own swear words. Yeah, absolutely. That is Gertie moderators. You can tell there's a doctor, I uh, know, there's a Judge Dredd uh, writer on this because they were famously made swear words that became worse than the words they were trying to re- replace. <laughs> uh, Grud on a greenie and all that. So fairly angry is next. I'll knock him inside out and back to front. And then there's slightly angry carrying up the rear saying, I'll take what's left over. So. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not, there's not a guy who's not angry at all. <laughs> well, they have to have some emotion. That's part of their membership thing. Uh, okay. So once again, the trains have arrived. They're unloading them. Like great sci-fi machinery, they tear off the covers and the blood bugs go forth. 
In absence of in absence of instructions, we must die. Oh, such and a good line. Oh my god! And there is there is a lot of death happening in the next few pages. I like I like when they're having the conversation where they're like, "What what are they? I don't know. I think they're eating us." <laughs> oh my god! You're so, <laughs> so true. Okay, they find a skeleton which tried to shut down the machine, but it did not. Uh, unfortunately, obviously, did not make it. No. Now nothing can save the city of the cursed. Tune and in next week to find out what happens to the city of the cursed. Almost certainly there was a week between that and the, the next yeah. page. Yeah. Because it was it would have been serialized in the Doctor Who magazine, but because mm -hmm. we're lucky, lucky people living in the future, we don't have to wait at all. No. Uh, and so, yeah. Just let me know if there's anything I'm skipping over here that you find interesting. Mm -hmm. There's the scenes of the blood bugs just invading a city. There's lots of skeletons, lots of skeletons and lots of death. <laughs> and they're just sending out reports being like, we're being eaten. Yeah, that's it. And no one is uh, particularly, uh, non. everyone's nonplussed by this because, of course, they have no emotions, so they don't really care. Yeah. But they do, uh, they do establish in the first, like the, the first issue, they do establish that they can... Sometimes they do feel emotion, so I'm surprised that none of them are like, "Oh fuck! Oh god, they're killing us!" <laughs> well, that would not be convenient to the plot. Um, so there we go. So at page 15, we're up to, and the Doctor is jury rigging a moderator teleporter device. This is where which, he gets his cool costume from the uh, from the, the the cover, which you have been waiting the entire issue for. You've been saying, "When's he going to get that cool outfit, man?" Yep. This is going to be the new outfit he's going to wear for the rest of the comic. <laughs> for the, we're going to co uh, cross it over to the television show. It'll be so good. <laughs> yes. uh, okay. I'm not sure what uh, what's going on, like what his plan is. So <laughs> he goes out and he runs into some moderators and... He teleports in as they teleport out, but he teleports into the wrong place. We have a pointless, <laughs> a pointless so, scene of him falling, and then. But it, it's such a, it's such an English teleports. it's such an English farce, isn't it? Where it's like, oh no, we missed each other. <laughs> you teleported here, and I teleported there. Oh, what are oh, we going no, to do? Vic is coming around, teleporting <laughs> around for dinner. It's like, what am I going to do? Where'd this woman with no clothes on go? Oh, ah. I wouldn't mind if she teleported into my house. My house. Whoa. Oh, sorry, dear. <laughs> uh, I think we just captured the essence of English comedy there. Uh, yeah, and he fixes fixes up his teleporting problems in a panel which is traced for the cover by George. I think I've got it. The exact pose, the exact uh, dialogue. And now we move forward to things actually happening. So he teleports up to the Brains Trust, uh, who runs the city. And the uh, good thing about the Brains Trust, what's the good thing about the Brains Trust, Adam? They're really smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have brains for heads. They have brains for heads! Oh, I love they it! They are literally oh, a Brains Trust. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I can... I... I can die happy now. Um, <laughs> yes, the brains trust are brains, humanoid bodies. I'm surprised the they're not where the head should be. Jars or something. Yeah, humanoid bodies, where, and where the head should be, there are brains. 
this is like this is totally inside the BBC's budget. They could do this. But they ask the question: Do they have brains inside of the brain heads, or is it all brain? Oh, oh my god! It's like you're incepting my brain. I don't know. Because they I'm do talk. Say this pro- they do talk. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a wavy uh, word balloon, so who knows where that sound is coming from? <laughs> Okay, the doctor convinces him of a danger, gets a blood bug to bite him, it dies. He says, look, it's emotion, it's adrenaline. You have to give people their emotions back. Mm. But at that stage, in walks, uh, what is it, the grand moderator or something like that? But I, I also love that the Brains Trust, who are supposed to be these super smart people and created this whole society, the doctor walks in and like, you should give them their emotions back. And they're like, yeah, all right, cool. We'll uh, destroy everything that we have. <laughs> well, so be it, they say. Better than to destroy <laughs> our own people. Send for the moderator general. And the moderator general walks in and he's not having any of this. He's it's got almost some it's almost yeah, it's almost like he's got an emotion. Ah, indeed. It is not very reasonable what he's doing. No, he seems very he, angry. He kills. He cold blooded kills the, the brains trust. Action Doctor jumps into uh, jumps jumps into action again, knocks him out. We are not shown how. Ties him up with his scarf. Great work, and sends out. He says, "I'm going to have to send out this message myself." So uh, he gets on the intercom. Uh, a, definitely a two finger impersonation. So he <laughs> pinches his nose and pretends to be the moderator general. Great Fantastic! Movie. Fantastic! Yeah. So this lets it, because that's exactly how we expect the moderator general to sound like, right? So, and also the moderator, the, moderator, like this. the moderator general has been uh, beaming his face all over the city. So when they get a note that's like, oh yeah, I, I can't, you can't see my face at the moment. Um, <laughs> well, sounds like the moderator general to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fell for it. Uh, and skipping forward to page 19, Doctor is trying to rewire the emotion boost or something like that. Yeah, emotion. Uh, and there's just like a panel on top of page 19, panel two, just more slaughter, mm. more skeletons. It's surprising so for such death. small creatures, they don't, they don't fill up. They don't go, well, I'm done. I, I couldn't yeah. eat another human. Like, just give me a couple of minutes and I'll be ready again. Uh, they got hollow bones, these uh, <laughs> blood bugs. They love it. They're like guinea pigs. Uh, they just, if, you, if you don't stop feeding them, they keep eating until they die. Yes, indeed. And, and we know that they breed quickly as well. Blood bugs breed like... It. Jitnacks. They bleep they breed like jitnacks. Of course they do. So of know. course. And we all know how well uh jitnacks breed, that's for sure. They are okay. Doctor <laughs> like the blood bugs start attacking random citizens in their home. <clears throat> in their home, and they of course react completely emotionally. Mm-hmm. This is not normal. Should we do something, B? Because uh, there's they're in couples A and B. B is of course a woman because you know it's the seventies. Uh, <laughs> it is dangerous to think for ourselves. A the moderators will deal with them. All the while they're being eaten. 
Okay. I mean, like, I know they don't feel pain, but you would think that if they were being eaten, they might do something. Like, they might flick them off or something. Yeah, it sounds like but something no, that you'd expect. Yeah, but they're just like, nah, all right, I'm being eaten, cool. Yeah, I think they're trying to make a point about how emotions are so important. Like, they're doing, like, basically a whole uh, Star Trek episode with Spock, you know? Yeah. Emo- uh, logic is not enough. Okay. Spock, Spock would be eaten by the blood bugs, but Kirk most definitely wouldn't. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Uh, right, we are. So the Doctor sends out, uh, using the Moderator General as a puppet. Very, weak, very weekend at Bernie's. Yes, very, very weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> sends out the message. Everyone must uh, report, visit their Harmony booths immediately. Got that? A little doctorism at the end. Uh, I will obey. People go in, and some hot ball chick gets her emotions back, which kills uh, kills the bugs. Oh, baby. Uh, Speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek, the motion <laughs> pictured ball chick. That's what I'm talking about. And then, but then we get the men and women are different because men are just killing everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's killing him because they ate his mate. Uh, so they fridged that 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 uh, poor woman just so they could have that one panel of catharsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, much later, the rebels of Zeppo reach the watchtower, and Doctor has one very angry uh, wants to beat up the moderator, but no, <laughs> Doctor says violence is over. I must leave you soon, and Zeppo <laughs> will rule the city. Now, this is a terrible idea. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is a a uh, criticism level to Doctor Who quite a bit. That he goes, he tears down the society, then he says, "Okay, my job is done." Pops <laughs> off. And, Half daft uh, and humble can run the uh, the city. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah, we're silly. Don't forget, silly. He's going to be silly. The, need to know. Be the chief medical officer. Do, do you think need to know will will ensure that everyone knows or that no one knows? I think need to know will. It's only logical that he will end up in the uh, the espionage uh, <laughs> espionage department. So she, she just says a, to everyone, "No, you don't need to know. You don't need to know." Exactly right. So, yeah, well, maybe this could work. Maybe this could work. Uh, so you got half task, half time. Very angry. Uh, he could run, uh, he could run, uh, I don't know, Department of the Interior. And uh, I, I, love, I love that the doctor says the time for violence is over. Like, it's okay when he's doing the violence. But as soon as he's finished doing violence, he's like, no, no, we don't need to do violence now. <laughs> yes, that is a very doctor thing. It is like, yeah, <laughs> yes. Do as I say, not as I do. Like, I, I yeah. beat the crap out of the gen- the, the moderator general, but uh, no, no, you don't get to. I do. <laughs> no, no. I, it's okay if I do it. <laughs> like, if I destroy a civilization, that's okay. Yeah. You destroy one, you're bad. Uh, this is a, this is a uh, personality flaw that we could go into, perhaps <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast, yeah. Uh, so we get to the last page of the story, page 22, uh, and my has flown by. 
I'm assuming these these numbers, yes, they they are including ads that we haven't read. So there's probably <laughs> a fair bit less than 22 pages to the story. Okay, and uh, the greater motor will will spread his being all over the city. This is a a uh, prophecy. The greater motor will spread his being over the city, and all the people will be like him, and he will become one with the people. <laughs> oh my, he's got a lot of work to do. Yes, indeed. Now, any human being would be thinking, it's time for a sex cult. But no, yep. he's like, I've got a better idea. A few days later, the TARDIS was prepared and ready, and he, he wheezes off in the TARDIS. He is gone, but he left his E-wave patterns. Before we destroy this machinery and give it to everyone, we can give everyone in the city a perfect set of emotions, just <laughs> like the Doctor. And everyone turns into the Doctor. Yes. And I love that and the Doctor is... doesn't doesn't see any problem with that. Yeah, of course not. Who uh, wouldn't the world be better if it was full of atoms? <laughs> well, that would make me uh, a little bit uh, less unique. Uh, well, yeah, it would make you uh, entirely less. You'd be totally, you would not be unique. Uh, but but, this is but within, the... within days, they've all managed to grow hair and knit like giant scarves. Yes, I can imagine there is like a, I imagine that's the basis of their um, uh, industry now. Yeah, they started off as, as Tom Bakers, and then they put it all away when they became uh, zombies. And then they were like, oh, what are all these scarves here? <laughs> we we were holding. Well, we, we, mate, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of a reasonable explanation for that <laughs> other than that. Like that's the basis of their commerce now is that they're the intergalactic scarf merchants. Yes. No, I'm the doctor. Find... No, I'm the doctor. No, I'm the doctor. No, I'm the doctor. We're all the oh, doctor. Yes. So what? It's a, it's a cute like a cute little ending where everyone's their doctor. It's like a little nerd paradise where everyone gets to be. Uh, a little bit uh, quirky and wear stupid outfits and no one judges them for it. It's like a very much a nerd fantasy that we're seeing at the end there. Uh, and, of course, for a little sting at the end, there's Doctor in the TARDIS saying, oh, well, I suppose I'll grow out of it. <laughs> wark, wark, wark. Waka, waka, waka. Uh, and... At the bottom of the page, next issue, Star-Lord in Planet Story. Dun, dun, dun. Which I have never read and I dare say will never read. <laughs> so uh, that's the comic. Uh, I think we've covered most of the points there. I, I, I'm going to move on to the next part of the thing, which is where we say whether it was a good comic, a bad comic, a weird comic, or a combination of the two. Mm. And I'll kick off. I loved it. Mm. I, I loved it when I was 11 years old, picking it up from the corner store in Bundaberg. And I love it today when I'm much more than 11 years old mm. and reading it on my iPad. Uh, I think it's very well written. The art is really good. Mm. Um, design is great. There's plenty of gore. It's chock full of incident. Yeah, and yeah. like they wouldn't have been able to do it for the TV show mostly because of all the gore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feels like a Doctor Who adventure to me. Uh, 
just getting away with stuff that they couldn't get away with on and and it's funny it's i find it very funny mm. uh just the little little bits love it so for me i think this is a good comic how about you adam what are you what's your judgment on this uh look overall i i did enjoy reading it yeah it was it was uh you know it was it was not uh as terrible as i imagine a doctor <laughs> who comic could be <laughs> I don't even even when I do read comics, I don't tend I don't tend to read comics that are based on uh, TV shows, just because mm. it's like well I've got the, I've only started getting into like comics and books based on TV shows, because I always always had the idea of like well the the TV show does the the main story why would I want to read these other stories but I mean they capture the the fourth Doctor Tom Baker really well the art's really good I really enjoy that, um, overall the uh, the story is very silly, and I I don't. I don't. I'm, I agree with the, whoever decided it shouldn't be on the TV show because it doesn't feel like a TV episode. It feels mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. very different from what uh, they were putting on the TV. Uh, but yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. It, it. it is very silly, uh, but yeah, I, look, I didn't, I didn't get bored. That's for sure. Okay, so that's a qualified good, I'd say, from Adam. <laughs> well, look, I think, I think, like you, you if I had a read it when I was younger, I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more, but. You know, it's it's not it's not a terrible story, and I would recommend it if if someone wants uh wants somewhere to get in with the uh the fourth Doctor. Ah, good eye. Well, there you go. High praise indeed. <laughs> uh, final final question about the comic. The final bit about the comic is what did we learn? So, are there any lessons that you take away from this particular story, either the issue or the presentation or the fact that it exists? Uh, we should all act like the Doctor. Okay. Mm. <laughs> All right. That's an interesting takeaway. Yeah. Is that is that is that not uh, you know like uh, we should travel around from place to place, uh, changing everything. Yeah, yeah. Leave, leaving destroyed civilizations behind us <laughs> wherever we go. Well, and my trusting, job is done. Bye. Yeah, trusting that they'll be able to pick up the pieces because you know you've done the hard part, which is destroying something, building <laughs> something. That should be straight easy. What I learned was that uh, even something like a licensed comic book, like mm. Doctor Who, uh, can be good if you have the right talent behind it. That's that's yeah. true. That is true. And I think that's what makes this story work so well. They understand, like as far as I can tell, uh, uh, was it John Wagner, Pat Mills, who write us, Dave Gibbons? They all understood what. Doctor Who was about. Mm. They they grokked it, and they are all very skilled and talented artists, and mm. they put together something that was good. So yeah. it's not, yeah, it's not. It, uh, there are bad Doctor Who comics. Mm. Let us say that. Let us not. Let me harbor no illusion that all Doctor Who comics are good. No, no, no. <laughs> But this one is very good. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, when I when I say that uh, this is would not have worked for a TV story, that's that's essentially what I want from a Doctor Who comic. Is I want something that goes in a direction that they wouldn't have been able to do on the TV. Because if you're just going to do a story, you could have done on the TV. Well, why why do it as a comic? The good thing, like you like you mentioned before, they can put anything into the comic because all they have to do mm. is just an artist just has to draw it. That's right. I know, I'm glad glad to agree with you on that one there, yeah. Adam. 
So yeah, if you're uh, going to do a Doctor Who comic, I think the the idea is to do something crazy and insane. And and uh, you know, like with the new Doctor Who comics, they've got uh, the ninth Doctor back and and the first Doctor and and uh, you know they they're doing a bunch of stuff because obviously Christopher Eccleston doesn't want to be involved with Doctor Who anymore. But yeah, so they're doing things that they can't do with the TV show, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, that is that is the thing. You don't want to just uh, retread stuff that's already been done. You want to take it in new directions. Yeah, exactly. Take advantage of the medium. Good stuff. Okay, now we uh, move on to our next section of the podcast, which is a question from the internet. Now, I found one. Okay. Uh, yes, this is one that has not been answered. Okay, it's two questions, but I'm going <laughs> to stick with... Uh, I'm going to ask them both, but you only have to answer one. Okay. One, this is from Rob Adams on Facebook. Why do people like comic books? First question. <laughs> very broad second question. question. Very broad question and a much more specific one to follow up. And what percentage of comic book heroes have dead parents? <laughs> uh, most of them, I think. Yeah. I would say... Uh, I think, I think, yes. the quest, I think the question should be, can you name a superhero whose parents are alive? Hmm. Okay, there was uh, uh, Thor's, Thor's, Thor's dad's alive for uh, most of. Oh, he does die though, but he's alive for yeah. most of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kid Flash maybe has his, his parents <laughs> are still alive. Uh, Robin used to have. Um, there have been five Robins. One of them had parents that are alive. Ah, the well, I mean, Robin. Yeah, Damien is a Robin, and his parents are Batman and Wonder Woman, maybe? Talia Al Ghul. Ah, right. So, yeah, so his parents are alive. They're protected by plot armor, so he's going to have live parents for a long time. (laughs) So we we can say at least two comic heroes do have parents that are alive. Um, The Flash used to have a pair of living parents, but then they did some time travel shenanigans and his his dad got framed for murdering his mum. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So uh, uh, Tim Drank, Robin, used to have uh, his parents alive, but then they got killed. Mm. Yeah, don't be a superhero, people, if you like your parents, because they won't hang around very long. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, I can't name uh, any superhero who has normal parents whose parents are alive. It's it's very interesting. So, and I think the reason people like comic books is because all of their parents are dead. <laughs> it's like, uh, mum and dad can't tell me what to do anymore. I'm, yes. I'm, I wish my I'm parents Superman. would. I wish my parents were dead so I could be a superhero. Yeah. Oh my god, Superman's the worst because he has two sets of parents and they're both dead. He's got his Krypton yes. parents and his Earth parents, and they're all dead. <laughs> or uh, or uh, Spider-Man, where his parents are uh, parents are dead, and his uncle is also dead. Oh my god! It's like so much death. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So just if you like your parents, if you like your family, don't become a superhero, folks. That's, yeah. that's the takeaway from that one. But, but I, I think I we've think, done. I think uh, actually, you know, we kind of touched on it before when we said you, you can do things in comics that you can't do in other mediums. So I think that's most, mostly why people like comics. They're pretty, they're pretty easy to uh, to pick up and read. 
if you're not, mm-hmm. a, if, even if you're not a huge reader, like my brother was, was never a huge reader. Uh, that was the main yeah. distinction between the two of us, but he, he liked comics because, you know, he could look at the pictures and, and so I think it's, I think it's an easy medium to get into. It's, it's not as dense as picking, trying to pick up a novel. Uh, you know, it could lead to you eventually reading novels, uh, or you might, like me, switch over from novels to to comic books. But I, I think it's a it's a it's an ability for artists and writers to explore things that that you wouldn't be able to in in other mediums. So, yeah, good, good. I think you've knocked that one on the head there, Adam. Good stuff. Thank you. Okay, so second last section of the podcast we're really winding up here it's been wonderful having you aboard there adam oh, thank you very much it's, uh, been, it's been a pleasure to be on okay first of all recommendations is there anything you would recommend for people to read watch whatever mm. uh if they can't get hold of this doctor who comic something something that they can <laughs> uh something they can use to amuse themselves instead uh, of this i would so uh, for a Doctor Who comic, I would recommend the. There's a crossover t- between Doctor Who and Star Trek. I would recommend oh, giving wow. that uh, a, a try because it's very, very silly. Uh, it, it, the Eleventh Doctor meets the crew of uh, of the Next Generation. Oh wow! Yeah, and then and then it, there's a short short bit uh, in the second part where the original uh, Enterprise meets the Fourth Doctor. Oh, nerdgasm. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, but other, other than that, I would recommend um, The Umbrella Academy. Uh, oh, just yeah. It's had a, a show on, on Netflix, and, uh, yeah, it was really good. Oh, and Lock and Key also has a show on Netflix. I would recommend both of those. Yeah. Those are all good comment- recommendations. I haven't read Lock and Key or uh, The Umbrella Academy, but I have heard great things about mm. both of them. Very, very good. Lock and, Lock and Key uh, ha- is over, and so they're... I mean, they still release a little bit every now and again, so it's a complete story. Um, but uh, yeah. Umbrella Academy—they're just—they've just released the third volume, which I haven't read yet. But the first two are are really good. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm I'm going to make a comic book recommend, recommendation as well. Uh, this is a comic book called Lazarus, uh, and it is it is another. It's set in the future. It's a post-apocalyptic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by Greg Rucker, a well-known uh, comic slash spy novel author, and mm-hmm. illustrated by Michael Lark. And it's set in the not too distant future, uh, wherein the entire world is run by, I think, five families. It's basically the one percent has gone the whole hog. Yep. And they they are now basically royalty. Uh, there's like. There's your there's your family. So if you're in the family, you are you are untouchable. And there's a the peons, I think, the people who serve the family. That's like ten percent of the world's population. And then everyone else is just chaff, and they don't matter at all. And they all live out in a wasteland. Uh, and it's about uh, a bodyguard, a female bodyguard who happens to be immortal. So if you shoot her and kill her, she'll come back to life. Oh. She is a member of one of the families, or is she? Oh, Ooh. maybe we'll find out what her origin is, but it's very well told. Are her it's, parents um, alive? <laughs> I would I would imagine. Not to give away the plot, but she thinks her parents are alive. How's that Ooh. sound? Ooh, there you go. you got a hook to get people in. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, it's great. And much like the society in uh, City of the Curse, like, much like <laughs> Zombos, it is a, a dystopian future wherein uh, we take one, one, uh, one idea, and which is the, the 1% getting all the money, and take that to its logical conclusion. Uh, it's got some great action. It's got some interesting character work. I recommend it. I think they have uh, they're up to seven or eight volumes of it, and it is coming rapidly to an end. Oh, well awesome. worth checking out. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and find that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that means we have but one thing left to do before we finish, and that is plugs. You got anything to plug there, Adam? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, as I said, I am a host of the D4WH, a Doctor Who podcast. So if you like Doctor Who or you know of Doctor Who and you just like comedy, please check us out. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, you might want to start with an episode that Brad's been on. Uh, he has joined us. He has joined us with, uh, we talked about the fourth Doctor, and he will be in an upcoming episode where we look at series 12, the, the series that, uh, that just aired. Before everything yes. went crazy, I'm actually I really enjoyed being on the podcast, and I think uh, yeah, it's well worth listening to for anyone who is into Doctor Who or curious. Anyone uh-huh. who's who curious, <laughs> that's D4WH. Uh, I myself will plug my comic books mm-hmm. uh, available from EdgeComics.com. That's X Comics with an X, C O M I X. EdgeComics.com. You can buy digital. You can buy physical. But please buy my comics. Please, please, please. <laughs> please do. I, I have most of your comics as well. So, yeah, I, I recommend those. I know. I can't sell them to you. I have to sell yes. them to other people now. Uh, and that's it. That's, uh, that's Troubling Issues for this fortnight. Thank you very much, Adam, for being on board. Thank you very much for having me. No worries at all. We should have some rock and music in the background as we say this. Uh, I'll be dun, back dun, in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, no, no, rockin' music, not that. Oh, God. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll be back with another issue. Not sure what, possibly, uh, a Batman issue. That's all I'm going to say. And this will be an epic comic when we get on to it. So thank you again, and bye. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details